Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. And welcome back, guys. We are at another podcast. Today, I have something I am super, super excited for. This is a brand I have believed in and one of a mentor of mine over the last five years, and it's helped me grow throughout the fitness industry. Um, definitely, you guys know how invested I am with Cellucor, um, and we're going to be talking to a man who has helped Cellucor grow to what it is today. Um, so, I'm going to introduce you to all the way from America is Hagen. Say hello, Hagen. What's up, Jake and fans? How is everybody? I am in sunny Florida, full of beautiful beaches, just like Australia. So I might be on the other side of the world, but I'm right there with you. We live in a similar place. Yeah, in Florida, isn't it? Yes, in Florida. I live in Siesta Key. It's one of the nicest beaches in the country. That's so nice. So Hagen's got many, many years of fitness experience. Um, Definitely someone I kind of bounce off to um, from time to time and it's definitely got a wealth of knowledge. So what we're pretty much going to dive into is where everything started, how he come across this brand that's kicked off into the number one best selling um, across the industry as the fitness industry has blown up. So Hagen, tell us a little bit about your background story, the origin story of where you started and why did you choose fitness? Well, Jake, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on your show today. It's, it's awesome to be able to connect with customers and friends and colleagues that are into fitness all over the world. And, you know, your podcast provides a great platform for that. I think it's important that, you know, young people hear stories like mine, like yours, where people have really learned to take their passion or what they love in life and turn it into a paycheck. And where my passion started was I was actually an obese kid. I was morbidly obese in sixth grade. And I remember going to the doctor and the doctor said, you're, you're officially obese. You know, this was now I'm 45, I'm 44. This is a long time ago. And the doctor said, you're obese. And I remember that summer, my mom put me on a camping trip with my grandfather And literally what I did was I ate four quarter pounds of roast beef per day. So we would go to the deli and we would have them shave off four quarter pounds in separate packages. And I would eat two baked potatoes per day. And that's all I was allowed to eat. My mom sent me on a road trip with my grandfather, like not kidding. Um, And so I started to lose weight. And what happened was in that summer, I lost 30 pounds. Now, 30 pounds when you're an older guy and 30 pounds when you're a young, impressionable male in sixth grade starting to look at girls, I came home from this road trip with my grandfather across America, and I was 30 pounds lighter. And I'll never forget, there was a kid named Adam who lived down, I almost said his last name, he lived down (laughs) the street from me, and and he had a skateboard ramp. And I'd always be like, dude, can I come over and skate on your ramp? And he'd say, no, you're too fat. And there was a girl named uh, Jasmine. There was another girl named Shannon. And I had crushes on them in sixth grade. Well, in seventh grade, 
all of a sudden I started a new school and I ran into them at the beach and then they were all of a sudden wanting to talk to me and be my friend. Hmm. So at that young impressionable age from sixth to seventh grade, I had a complete life transformation. I realized that, you know, it really does matter what you look like. People judge you. I was still the same person I was three months before, but now that I looked different, everybody wanted to be my friend. And so that really, really taught me at a very young age how important fitness is and how you present yourself to people. So, you know, I, I stayed true. And from that day forward, um, I kept on the weight loss. And you know, since seventh grade, I started taking a product called Diet Fuel and Rip Fuel by Twin Lab <laughs> Caffeine Ephedra product. My dad was buying it for me. And, uh, you know, it gave me tons of energy. And I started exercising. So, I would say really it's just because of that, you know, note from the doctor and also because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be thin like everybody else. And I wanted to skate on the skateboard ramp and, of course, get the girls. Yeah, that's so, so that was your first kind of touch into sort of body image at the, as you're starting kind of foundation age. Um, I'm, so that would have been like early kind of high school-ish. Yeah, sixth, seventh grade. As I went into high school, I started playing football. Yeah. And, you know, like every every male in America, you hmm. want to be a football star. And I actually uh, I, you know, started bulking up. I played nose tackle. And it was my favorite thing to do to sack quarterbacks. And uh, I was very good at it. But then I ended up tearing my ACL. And I just looked at the mirror and I'm like, wow, I, I got heavy again. So what I did in high school to lose weight was I would literally, um, you know, have my eggs for breakfast. I would bring two cans of tuna fish and mustard for lunch. Um, I actually did eat carbs back then, so I would keep a plate of pasta on the dash of my car (laughs) so that I could eat that after school so I could train with the football team. So I didn't play football after I tore my ACL. I just was like, there's no way I'm never going to be big enough. I'm never going to have, you know, be a big, big dude. I'm only 5'10" which is average size in America. So, but that's when I first started really eating that healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle of planning my meals, you know, eating tuna fish with mustard on it. You know, like I cannot even open a can of tuna fish at this point. <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm sure many of the people listening <laughs> to this show right now. So it's so in through high school, yeah, you know, and then in college, uh, you know, I started working at GNC and I worked at a gym. So I sold memberships at a local gym and I, I ended up meeting this guy and I was talking to him about nutrition, all the benefits of eating healthy and how easy it could be. And he was, he was a big, big, heavy guy. His name was Burke and, uh, I called him Burley Burke. He goes, man, he goes, you know so much about nutrition. Why do you work at the gym? I said, well, you know, I'm selling memberships here. It's good money. And he goes, yeah, I work at GNC, but if you're this knowledgeable, man, you should come work for us at GNC. And uh, so I walked across the parking lot, went over and applied, and uh, I first started working at GNC. And then I ended up giving up the gym because he was right. I was making uh, more money and with less pressure and really talking to people about my passion, which was health and wellness, nutrition, immune support, you know, muscle building, you name it. And right about that time that I started working at GNC, you know, is when EAS and MuscleTech were the most popular brands and right about when creatine launched. 
So that's really when sports nutrition started booming was when I was in college. Before that, it was like soy protein and gross whey proteins and giant amino acid horse pills. Hmm. But then uh, that's really when, when creatine came out and EAS came out with Myoplex and you know, Scott Connolly came out with Metrex. You know, that really, really changed the industry. I mean, Metrix was the first mainstream protein powder way back in the day. Probably, you might not even know that one, Jake. It might be too far in the past. Yeah, I think so. Just for um, any, <laughs> anyone listening that's obviously in Australia, GNC is a huge um, supplement company in America, like a supplement store. We used to have it in, in Australia, but it didn't work out so well. They uh, went under pretty quick. Um, I remember. I think I remember them just early. Um, one question that I do have is back then when you first did started, what was the kind of general population thoughts about supplements and things like that? Like I'm guessing it's not as mainstream as it is now, um, but what was it like back then? Like were you making quite a lot of sales and things for just bodybuilders or was it from um, just the general population as well? So great question. Like when I first started, um, like I said, it, you were mostly selling herbs, tinctures, vitamin C, mm. you know, basic health stuff. Um, then when, uh, you know, and I still remember soy protein, well, like we <laughs> had to drink soy protein was kind of it, but that's right when creatine monohydrate, you know, first was released as a dietary supplement. And when you took creatine the first time, like you got gains, hands down. Yeah. I'll never forget um, when I was running my GNCs, I was a young guy in college, and I never actually had a parking pass in college. I actually rode my bike, and I was known as the gallon water guy <laughs> because I would I would I would hook a gallon of water onto my bicycle handlebars and I'd ride my bike to school every single day. I went to UCF uh, in Orlando, Florida, and. So everybody knew me as a gallon of water guy. Well, my first you know, step into marketing was I made a funny picture of me with a bowl of uh, like cornflakes, and I put a big pile of creatine on it. So it kind of looked like sugar. And I, and I said, um, I, <laughs> I wrote on the sign, creatine makes you huge. Put it on your cornflakes. And it was like a funny picture of me going, ah, you know, like, <laughs> digging into this giant so like at first it looked like sugar and people came in and i hung it right over the water fountain at the gym i used to work at they let me and man we just <laughs> crushed it so, so much creatine and then people were coming back because they were getting results and again that's when we had you know the mre meal replacement protein packets things that they don't really sell anymore but that's definitely when it really started to blow up yeah uh, was back then so that's like probably should have thought of this before the show but i would say that that was you know in the uh 1995 to 2000 yeah. is really when sports nutrition and a lot of that in america was driven by two magazines muscle mag and muscle media 2000 muscle media 2000 was very similar to like what maxine's does over there in australia they have a body transformation contest Yep. Um, but this was a monthly magazine, and they would feature people. Um, it was a magazine put out by a man named Bill Phillips, who wrote a book called Body for Life, which was all about transforming your body and transforming your mind and how to eat healthy and exercise. And Muscle Mag was kind of like the hardcore mag. If you wanted to like see racy pictures and you know hear a little bit more of the dark side of bodybuilding, mm-hmm. you kind of went to Muscle Mag. So two opposing forces there, but really driving people in. 
that's right about when muscle muscle tech launched and they had some pro hormones and they had their creatine 6000 es which was the grossest creatine ever created but <laughs> people bought it because it made them big yeah they bought it because it made them big i'll continue it's not as good as like the full range of what we do get in these days even i get some um competitors and that complain about their uh, struggling and I'm like god these days protein bars actually taste good um back back when I started everything tasted like cardboard and even like protein powders taste amazing now it's a whole different world going into a different world going into um so because I know where you kind of end up um while you're at GNC what type of say marketing skills did you learn um people skills that you learn um back in those times so that would have been your kind of first introduction into like major marketing yeah at that time I, I you know I started as GNC Hagen so back then I had a GNC Hagen at AOL and people could email me this is when they were dial-up modems and they could <laughs> email me questions but I, at the time I realized that you know there was over 5,000 GNCs in America so if you branded yourself as GNC then you're just another GNC. So what I ended up doing was, as I was going through GNC, so many people only came to work when I was there. And that's when I first started to learn that I was a brand. The GNC wasn't my brand. GNC was the gateway for people to buy my brand. Just like Walmart uh, would be, or you know, would be, or an Apple store would be a gateway to buy an Apple product, but you still have to fall in love with the brand, the Apple, the iPhone that you bought in that location. Yeah. So that's when I switched my name to Ask Hagen because I knew that people wanted to come in and ask me questions all day long. And when you're engaging with, you know, 30 to 100 people a day um, at a retail level, you start to learn how to talk to people and you start to learn you know, just by trial and error, like what they latch onto and what makes sense to them. And I became known as the guy who can take science and make it simple. Mm. And so I did so good, you know, managing GNC stores in college and paying for my college education uh, through that. One day I went to lunch with my boss and I'm like 22 years old, you know, just crushing sales. Everybody knew me. I knew all the bouncers. I knew all the club owners. <laughs> everybody came and got their products from me. And we went for a ride. I was like, hey, man, I made a list of all the reasons you need to pay me more money. And he just kind of laughed. And he was like, you should just open your store so you know what your own store. So you know what it's like to have an employee like you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should open my own store? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. So I literally started pursuing buying my own GNC, my own health food store franchise. And, uh, I literally pulled together money on credit cards and some cash that I had saved up while working there. And um, it was so funny. My story is, is crazy. So GNC had their corporate office in like Pittsburgh and they all knew me because I was winning like national sales contests. I actually won a brand new limited Jeep Cherokee, like a full <laughs> car from MuscleTech, a $50,000 vehicle. So I was on everybody's radar. So I called, you know, called up the Hensley franchising and this guy said, Hey, you live in Florida. I'll be in Miami on this date. You want to buy a GNC, you come to this, this hotel. All right. So I went down there. The guy's name was Dave Mahalo. He throws a contract in front of me and he's like, man, you're a younger guy. And I thought you were. He goes, here's how this works. He goes, you bring this back to your parents. 
they're going to tell you to get a lawyer. Lawyer's going to put a bunch of red lines through it, and you're going to bring it back to me, and I'm going to say, I don't sign other people's contracts, and I'm going to hand you a new one. He goes, so you can sign this or you can waste your time. But he goes, I'm selling stores like crazy, so I don't think you should waste your time. I said, I agree, sir. And I signed right there, handed up a check, and um, I got started. And, and I have my own store. By the time I was 22 years old, I had my first GNC store. And uh, then I opened a second one. So I would say, you know, learning that I was a brand at that time was very, very important because then everything was about come see Ask Hagen at GNC. Yeah. And then, you know, as opportunity knocks on all of our doors when we're doing great things, there's a gentleman that came in my store one day and he said, man, you're so good at explaining this stuff. Have you ever thought about doing radio? And I was like, yeah, I can do radio. He's like, well, come down. We would like to have you in the studio. And they offered for me to do a health radio show. So we called it Hagen's Health and Fitness Show. And boom, you know, like back then it was all about radio. Now it's about podcasts. I was doing a live radio show, um, which was crazy at 22 years old because I didn't know what my format would be. I couldn't really figure it out. I was trying to answer questions and I was getting like really intense medical questions. And then I kind (laughs) of, I found my group after a while and my group was I'd meet all these people like Bill Phillips that I mentioned earlier like Dr. Atkins you may have heard of the Atkins diet back back in yeah. the day um, I started I'd meet researchers that did research on CoQ10 and fish oils so I had this network of experts so I'd go to the trade shows meet the experts and say hey would you come on my show and so from then on out, all I did was interview experts about their field, whether that was cancer medication or how creatine or oregano, you know, can help you with your workouts and with help, help you live a better life. So then it was, you know, Hagen's health and fitness show. And of course, you could just call and ask Hagen any question you had about your health. Mm. So couldn't have done that as GNC Hagen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a smart branding move. That's it. How to be a branding move, yeah. And I think that's something so many people miss very early is that especially like Instagram's taking off, YouTube's taking off, and you can almost align that these days. Like if you were born a couple years later, that would have been the similar path that you've kind of gone is creating your own brand. But everything you represent, like I try and tell a lot of people, like I was lucky. I I think actually you, you pushed it to me when when I was in Texas and it was that – everything you are is your own brand. So like even for me through my Instagram, I'm never going to be posting alcohol things or stuff like that because it's in the end, I like I am the overall look and that's going to affect my brand just as much as business and other things as well. Absolutely. And, and your brand can adapt. You know, my brand, I used to be, you know, more hardcore bodybuilder. I was way bigger and leaner. And over time, you know, my friends and my fans have gotten to see me become a father. Yeah. Change in my life. And, you know, now it's about playing with my son and he gets more likes than me and that's okay. (laughs) But fitness is still ingrained in my brand. Health and wellness is still ingrained in my brand. And it would just always be a part of me, you know. So it's okay for your brand to evolve, right? The apple that we see today is not the apple Steve Jobs did 10, 20 years ago at all. So... Yeah, building brands important, and you, you know you've done a great job. And there's a lot of people out there trying to find their way and build their brand. You just have to find what you're passionate about. That's the key, and mm. you have to stick with it. 
you know, you're very passionate about what you do, so it comes very natural to be yourself and be your own brand. Yeah, 100%. Um, so pu- pushing on from there, um, you're at GNC, you had your own radio station, you were kind of the reputation um, for back, back in that time, and that's kind of how you built it. Um, from there, how where did you go from that? So you had your radio, GNC, I'm guessing you finished your uni degree? Yeah. yeah well, I actually uh, studied biology. Nice. Um, but that was before we bought the GNC store. And then, um, you know, I started doing consulting because as I started talking to more and more people on the radio, you could talk to some of the smartest guy in the world, but they just don't know how to communicate well. They're almost too sciencey. Yeah. So when I do my show, pe- people would say, gosh, you know, you're actually better at relating this to customers than I am. Would you like to do shows for us? So then I opened a company called Integrative Health Consulting, and I started doing consulting for brands that have great products or great science, but just they couldn't connect to the consumer. And I had the unique ability on my stores to test, you know, what I was speaking to to see what worked with those customers. Um, so, you know, then one year I, I met the guys that started Cellucor at the GNC convention. And at the time I was selling more Cellucor products than any other stores. And they were just like, man, how do you do it? So I said, well, come on down. I'll show you guys how I do it. You know, come hmm. to the store, listen, listen to what we do. And so they were just like, wow, you know, you have such a you know great pattern and a great way of doing this. And we started doing some kind of consulting just for fun I became friends with the guys, became friends with the CEO, whose name is Doss. And uh, from there, it was like I'd go to work all day. And then like from 7 to 10 at night, I remember my girlfriend used to make fun of me, who's now my wife. She'd be like, oh, you're on the phone with them again? I'm like, oh, just be, I'll be off. And we were just dreaming, right? Like Cellucor was a four-product brand at that time. Um, it had a test booster, a fat burner, a product called M5, which is like a mass builder. And an amino called WS1, totally weird names. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they were, they were plugging along, but the crazy thing about their products was like packaging back then was brushed aluminum. It was horrible. It didn't have a seal on it. And when you would open the top, the aluminum was so soft that sometimes there would be like little aluminum shavings in there. So that was kind of <laughs> weird to navigate with customers. But the products worked, you know, like people would come back over and over and over begging for these products and then i'll never and then so you know i just developed this relationship with them and then uh das called me you know and was like oh you should move to texas come work with us we need you we want you to teach other stores how you know you do it and how you're so successful with our products and i was like no way not moving to texas yeah and he called me one day yeah (laughs) that bad before, I was like, why would I leave the beach to move to Texas? But, uh, yeah, then we, you know, he, he kept calling, and we kept becoming closer. He called me one day, and he was like, man, I'm thinking of doing a pre-workout called C4, like explosive energy, which went with D4, WS1, M5, and P6. It kind of flowed with, you know, the alpha alphanumeric name system that we had back then. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's a killer name for a pre-workout. Hmm. Like, that's such a good name. Like, yeah, let's do it. Dy- you know, dynamite, blow it up. Like, I'll never forget that day. I was actually at my godson's uh, soccer game. 
And when he called me, I'm just like, man, this is it. And then the next day I was like, you still want me to come to Texas? He was like, yeah. And I literally, Jake, my wife could tell you, I packed my Infinity. I didn't tell any of my friends. I packed my Infinity, which is like a four-door luxury car, not a big truck or anything. And I just bounced. I like, I left town. I let my girlfriend at the time move into my condo and I just left and drove to Texas and started working. It was was completely crazy. I didn't want to tell all my friends because I didn't want to go through all the mourning and leaving. So I just bounced and let everybody deal with it. (laughs) And, uh, that was 2011. So you you left your stores as well or did you sell them off? Sorry, I missed that part. Yeah, I did. I ended up selling off my GNCs in 2011. Um, So I I had a tanning salon, a smoothie bar. And between the radio show, the tanning salon, the smoothie bar, like, I was definitely overwhelmed. Like, it was a lot for a young guy. And uh, I had a great opportunity to sell the tanning salon. And then I'm like, I sold the tanning salon. Maybe I could sell the GNC. And I did end up selling the GNC. And, um, did, you know, did really well with that. And then I actually moved and partnered with a guy for a few years on a, a conglomerate of stores. We had five stores. And so I was kind of moving around while I was still doing the consulting. So I wasn't so tied into my business. I had a little more time and energy. And that's when I was able to work a little bit more with the Cycor guys. Yeah. So when they, you had a lot going on when they did you first met the Cellucor guys and all of that, what was their main pitch or that main feeling that you had that you were like, this is going to work out. I'm just going to take everything, take the risk, sell all the stores and kind of put everything on to move all the way to Texas um, that you had that kind of feeling that it would work out or was it something they said or something along those lines or yeah, you know, I would have to say, like, it was the culture, but there wasn't culture at the time. So, like, here I was, Ask Hagen, I was the brand, I was the radio show host, I was running the store, you know, it was just a lot of me, mm. and it was very wearing. I mean, my schedule started at 4 o'clock every day and ended at 10 o'clock every night. That's just, that was my life for a long time. Um and so when I would go home and talk to these guys, I would feel so energized. You know, I would feel like, wow, these guys are so cool. I love these ideas. This would all be so fresh to the sports nutrition world. This, they look at it totally different than everybody else looks at it. They weren't, you know, what I would call bodybuilder meatheads. They were healthy, fit guys. Um, hmm. You know, just they, you know, at the time, like, you know, think of like Gaspari, like, there's a lot of brands like Gaspari, Labrada, the big, big bodybuilder brand. Yeah, 100%. And they just, you know, people love the products. And I was like, if we can replicate a model where people love the products and they come back to buy them, and I can go work with like minded people for the first time in my life. Like, that was really it for me. It was those relationships I developed with Goss and the team at the time that just I really fell in love with and I felt like we had a great formula because I could help with the product you know formulation the pitch they were all very open to that and we could work together as a team and you know really bring a totally different level of sports nutrition products across the world 
Yeah. So the long answer of that, the short answer of all that is really the team, the camaraderie. Yeah. I'm I'm sure your clients experience it, right? They work out by themselves for years and then they join your team and they're like, wow, this is so much better. Yeah. (laughs) I have friends to talk to. I have people to motivate. Yeah. Like-minded. New ideas. Yeah. And I guess like you selling the products you knew almost how good they were as well. And you've always had that background. Um, so it wasn't like a straight out cold call, um, of a brand, which is quite funny because that's, um, similar with my, my story is when I was at my first ever fitness expo and I was just getting handfuls of samples. This is when it was just starting to boom in Melbourne. Um, it was the fit X back then. And I remember taking this one pre-workout and I was like, what was that? And I was searching through the bins to try and find the sachet. And that's when I come across the C4 because I never had pre-workout before. And I had that and I was like, this is insane. Um, And that's when my kind of started to build with the brand and where I started to come from that. And I've only ever remembered one other product that has come close to C4 and that was uh, Neon. Funnily enough, oh, yeah. later I learned like a couple of years, it was a like Nutribolt byproduct chain as well. So I was like, of course, <laughs> my only two, like the two best pre-workouts I've ever had both come from Nutribolt. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much where I, so fast forward, you got to Texas, um, you were at this kind of start of the buildup of Cellucor from what it is to compared to what it looks like today. Um, what really kind of pushed and made that jump um, for Cellucor that when you started to see it kind of, I guess, roll, that ball rolling down the hill and it started to gain more and mo- more and momentum into the fitness industry? Yeah. At the time, I mean, you know, what happened with C4 was it, it, it really became a viral product that period in the story it had a cool name that you know later we learned anybody in any country can say so no matter where you live in the world we're sold in over 110 countries people can say and identify with c4 so an easy name we had way better flavors than anybody else on the market at the time so our flavor was incredible the efficacy the effect everything And, and so when you have a product that's easy to remember, easy to say, simple to understand, simple to understand when to take it, how to take it. You take a scoop before you work out. You know, anybody can figure that out. Um, you know, there's no timing involved with, you know, with protein and aminos. People get confused on when they should take them. Should I take protein for breakfast? Should I take it after I work out? So everybody just got it. And it became viral very quick because of the experience like you had. And that's, yeah. that's what attracted me to the brand. Like <laughs> I can just see you at a trade show, like walking <laughs> through, cutting the thing off, pouring in your drink and throwing it away without even looking at it. Cause that's what happens at trade shows. And then you're back digging through the rummage of rummage to figure out what it was. And that's C4. And that's, that's what I mean. Like people got results. And when that happens, the best advertising and the cheapest advertising kicks in. It's called word of mouth. Yeah. People start talking about your product and we became a viral brand without any effort. I mean, it was, it just started to explode as they would, as we've always said, mm. right? sales are exploding. They're blowing up. And there's so many fun playoffs with the name C4, you know, explosive energy, blow up your workout, explosive growth. You know, there's, 
it's fun. It's a good name, and it was a great product, and we we nailed it. Yeah, so that kind of pushed out. I know, like, definitely there was a lot of uh, – back then there wasn't as much Instagram, social media. What was the main forms of advertisement that really kicked that off? It was – honestly, man, it was word of mouth. Word of mouth. We, it was – it was word of mouth because, you know, if you go back to my early days of GNC, you have, yeah. you know, 30, 30 to 100 customers a day at a GNC store. And so now you take that times 5,000 stores. Well, you have that many conversations happening on a daily basis. And not, not everybody that comes in is buying C4, but, you know, even if it's a 50% of the customer are looking for something for energy, just that snowball effect of all those people in GNC stores talking and then they're telling their friends and they're telling their friends and they're sharing the product with their friends. They're giving their workout partner a scoop. They're giving their trainer a scoop. Like that's really what built it, man. It was word of mouth. Like, and then we started sampling, um, you know, the sachets like you got Mm. and then that was game over. When we started sampling, um, you know, bodybuilding.com, we would do like a program, which was an online uh, fitness store here, one of the biggest in the business uh, back in the day. You know, we started throwing like a free sample sachet in those boxes. And that that definitely worked. You know, hmm. people tried it once. And again, they, you know, it wasn't just them. They would always tell a few people. And that word of mouth advertising is what catapulted our brand. There wasn't really, we didn't do any social media back then. Um, so that, that's pretty much all it was. Yeah. Talking, people and, talking, sharing their results, sharing their story. And I guess because there wasn't a lot of information, like bodybuilding.com, I know like for you guys it is a store, but early on that's where I, like the forums were huge. Like I, I know a lot of people were like talking about the subs and forums and that that's where I like – I, de- I definitely read through that. That was kind of my only real information because there wasn't a lot of information when I first started. Um, but yeah, I know everywhere, every time you could click on the bodybuilding.com, they were like, you had a little sell your core thing or you had a workout from one of the athletes and um, definitely, yeah, a huge presence. Yes, and when we did do advertising on bodybuilding.com, you know, it wasn't all word of mouth, <laughs> but I can tell you to be able to afford what mm. you saw that was all driven by word of mouth advertising and people getting results. And then we went a little bit more into the digital spend with, you know, paying for work athletes to do workouts and people can watch those workouts on bodybuilding.com. Yeah. Well, in your, like your quick opinion in that viral time that it did, what was the like time frame? How many years or was it months that kind of really started to kick off internationally and, Oh man, it's been such a crazy 10 years. <laughs> I would say, I mean, the first five years was definitely the big ones because you had like benchmarks and tests along the way. So, you know, in 2011, when I started with the business, we were really only sold in GNC, some Smoothie Kings, specialty retail stores like Nutrition Warehouse or Nutrition Zone or Australian mm-hmm. ASN, Australian. Uh, over there in Australia. So then it's like, okay, yeah, we're cool in our world. But then in 
like 2014, 2015, we went into Walmart, Walmart, which is like your Woolies yeah. and Kohl's. And, and that that's when the true test is because now it's our only bodybuilder type people or health and wellness people buying our product. Well, now we went mainstream and it was a huge roll of the dice. And we also went into Costco and we knocked it out of the park. Like we were doing 20 million a year just with Costco, just with Costco. And when you think about Costco, you know, like at first when we started selling Costco, we had like demo reps because we knew if we sampled C4, people would buy it. We had these demo reps and they would like try to profile people by if they had like chicken and broccoli and stuff in their shopping cart. And like it took one day for me to be in there working with somebody. I'm like, forget that. Just sample it to everybody because everybody wants energy. Yeah. And we did that. Like it just took off. And so over the years, we've had these like benchmarks. And I think 2015, even five years later, is really when we hit mainstream and it started to fly. And then you know, now in 2020, I can say we're at another major inflection point where, you know, now the beverage is available. So it's even more mainstream. Now it's in convenience mm. stores, gas stations, it's everywhere. So we have gone from like a viral product in the gym to a viral product in food, drug, and mass to now a viral product in a convenience store. Like, whoever would have thought? Like, it still blows my mind to this day. Yeah. But again, people drink the product, they like the taste, they like the results. Like, you know, if we didn't enjoy using iPhones, we wouldn't keep buying it. We'd go buy a Droid or something else, right? There's yeah. some people that don't buy the product. But the majority of people love how they feel when they drink C4. So that continues to drive the brand forward to a new group of people. Yeah, and I guess it's like having the knowledge and the awareness of adapting the brands. Like I've seen the, I've been with Cellucor for five years, and the amount of adaptions that I've seen of different types of products for different um, consumers as it's gone more mainstream. Um, I know you've been super heavy on pushing the um, carbonated RTDs and like slowly pushing out those, which guys in Australia, we've noticed in the last 12 months, the carbonated C4s, um, pretty much in every vending machine in, in your gyms. Um, but yeah, in America, all in 7-Elevens and things like that. And it's working out. What was the main thing that like gave you the, those decisions to know where the kind of drive that the market into the mainstream even more? So like, no, it's time for and like a carbonated energy drink um, versus whether than like just flopping. Um, do you do like market research? What's like your market research behind that? You know, you can go buy a ton of research. You can, you know, just, that's it, just buy it, pay for, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, or you can really just listen to your customers and you can watch what they're doing. And yeah. I would say, you know, we don't pay for a lot of that stuff because we're very, you know, in tune with our customers. And especially me, I'm, I'm always out in the field. I'm in the trenches and listening to people. And mm. when you zoom out and you think back like five years ago, five years ago, you know, the only people that meal prepped were bodybuilders, right? And it was kind of weird. You made fun of people who meal prepped. Well, now, like, nobody cooks food anymore. They just, they either buy prepped meals, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the opposite of meal prep. It's just prepped meals that are frozen, 
and you know you you throw them in your fridge and boom you have food you know like my brother subscribes to one of those recipe clubs where they basically send him all the the recipes and the spices and he cooks his own food so but either way he's not really he's doing most he's allowing someone else to do most of it for him and so people have gotten kind of lazy they want everything simple people want to live a healthier lifestyle like the bodybuilders used to and so prepackaged meals have become popular when you look at clothing you know athleisure you know lululemon was the big turning point for athleisure now it is socially acceptable to wear workout clothes wherever you go there was a time when you flew on an airplane that you wore a suit and they would upgrade you to first class if you <laughs> dressed nicely. And now you get on a plane and not one person has anything but athletic clothes on. I mean, that's yeah. just the whole – so athleisure has become more mainstream. And then the other big one that's, that's happening in, in our world, and this is you know Australia, Dubai, America, you name it, is – Back in the day, we used to go get social interaction from bars. Mm. And, you know, there's a show called Cheers where everybody knows your name and it was all everybody went to happy hour after work. Well, now people get their social interaction through fitness. And, and CrossFit was a big, you know, pusher that. It's all about the CrossFit community. And you have F45, yeah, Orange Theory Fitness. All these group classes now are becoming so mainstream. And that's because people want to socialize through fitness they still may drink alcohol but even then alcohol trend is on the down it's trending down because people want to live a healthier lifestyle but they definitely want to do it with friends and i think you know coming out of covid a lot of your listeners probably really miss going to the gym or really miss going to their crossfit class or really miss you know going to their f45 and so i think people understate and maybe don't understand how important that social aspect of fitness is. So, you know, why did we evolve into the carbonated can? Again, a long story to explain because the consumer and our culture and our society has changed and they want, and they're trying to live a healthier lifestyle and they're getting their social interactions. So we have to kind of play to that and say, Hey, it's maybe not as cool to have a giant shaker cup and a gallon of water anymore. We understand that. <laughs> And we, we see less and less of it in the gym. So now we're going to give it to you in a 16-ounce can. Yeah. So, you know, you can watch what the consumer and what society is doing and, and make the best decisions because it's about the consumer. So it's easy to read data and go, oh, this is what we need to do as a brand. Instead, we, we want to make the consumer happy. We want to check the box for them. And that's why it was successful. It wasn't because of what we did. It's because of what the consumer wanted. Yeah. On that, you did, did note that you do travel to Dubai, obviously Australia, Brazil, all around the world. Um, do you find selling different around the world or is it like a universal uh, kind of language or do you have to change it up depending on where you go other than the language barrier? You definitely have to change it up. Um, you know, the selling... I think the information that you provide is very similar, but like in Germany, the first year I was there when we launched Germany, I think in 2015, um, you know, I kept saying pre-workout, they would look at me crazy, and <laughs> I, then I realized that they were saying booster. So in Germany, you don't call it a pre-workout, you call it a booster. Oh, and yeah. So it's just different, but overall, it's the same basic things. Do you want yeah. energy? 
Yes. You know, are you, are you working out? Yeah. You know, are you trying to build muscle? Yes. You trying to lose weight? Yes. So I think the, the, the questions remain the same. Um, but yeah, obviously the delivery is different when you're dealing with an Asian culture. Um, the approach with mm. the Middle Eastern culture is much different than the German or the American approach. Um, even in Australia, um, you know, for an American guy to yeah. come in and talk, talk to Aussies, it, it's different. Yeah, you do have to change your approach. And um, that's one thing I've, I've been very good at over the years is understanding my audience and having respect for their culture and their society and realizing that the American way is not the right way. It's you really have to understand the culture. Um, you know, you, you can't tell somebody to drink C4 during Ramadan. Like yeah. if you do, you're just silly, right? <laughs> but you can encourage them to drink seven grams of extend BCAAs yeah. um, at sunrise and sunset when they are eating. And that will help them preserve lean muscle and help them stay hydrated. So yeah, you definitely have to change your approach and, and a lot of brands, unfortunately, do not do that, but uh, I think we've done it very well. Yeah, I agree, for sure. Um, fast forwarding to current day, um, Cellucor is booming. You've abs- they've absolutely killed it the last, I think, the last time. I, I kind of lost count after five years best-selling pre-workout. Um, where, where the fitness market is absolutely blown up, and it's such a competitive industry, means the dollars are now pushed into it, and it's what we see now that everyone's a personal trainer or everyone know, like has a discount code for supplements and things like that. What kind of, in your eyes, keeps Cellucore relevant or keeps you going into the future, into the next couple of years? What keeps us relevant? I mean, really, I, you know, I, I keep going back to it, but the consumer keeps yeah. us relevant. You know, they want our products and there's more and more consumers coming into the the healthy lifestyle. So just like the lines are blurred now between athleisure and clothing, because pretty much everybody wears athleisure everywhere, like the lines are blurred now. It's like, Mm. it's okay to wear that. So now people don't want an unhealthy sugar energy drink. They want a pre-workout or, you know, call it a fitness drink. Even if they're not a hardcore workout person, they still don't want to eat the stuff that's full of sugar. They still want to eat the prepped meals like a bodybuilder used to. So the, the lines are blurred now, and especially coming out of COVID. Yeah. You know, I mean, what do we learn in COVID? If you have diabetes, if you're morbidly obese, if you have breathing issues because you have a low VO or a low VO2 max, like you're not in good cardiovascular shape, you could literally lose your life. So I think coming out of this, our our world, the world, for sure, the world, not just America, the world is going to see an absolute boom in fitness. It's going to be mm-hmm. like New Year's the rest of the years, like you're saying, because, you know, and, and there'll be people that don't, but the average person who's been stuck home watching the news, like there's no way they can't want to live a healthier lifestyle because now there's real ramifications. It's not... I might get diabetes or I might get this. This is like, you know, you could go to the store and pick up COVID and, and, and pass from it. So um, I think we'll continue to stay relevant because we are the, the category leader. We're the largest privately owned sports nutrition company in the world. 
We're sold in 110 countries. People know our product. They trust our product. So, you know, it's back kind of the beginning of this, Jake. When, when people are starting a fitness journey now because COVID scared them into it, and they're talking to their friend. Their friend's going to go, oh, you're tired? You don't have motivation to go to the gym? You don't have energy? You should try C4. That was the first pre-workout I ever took. Yeah. And so, you know, this word of mouth just it keeps coming back, right? Like when mm. we were popular in Food, Drug, and Mass in 2015, how many everyday people were asking their friend who's a gym junkie, hey, man, what do I take? I'm going to start doing it now. And so – with every conversation with, I'm ready to get started, I'm ready to kick off my fitness journey, C4 has been a part of so many people's fitness journey that that story, I think, is going to continue to be told. Yeah. So I, I still lean into the word of mouth and people telling the story about the first pre-workout or their favorite pre-workout, it's usually C4. Yeah, yeah, and like nine times out of ten, it's funny, like expoing and even me just talking is like, I'm always like, oh, yeah, like, what pre-workout? Have you tried Soecore? And they're like, huh, like C4. They're like, oh, yes, love C4. Um, and, like, definitely watching your Instagram stories of, like, how people react when you kind of just, like, they see the brand and straight away, like, you give them samples. You, it'd be like Christmas for you to come to my work. Um. <laughs> well, well, and, and it's crazy, Jake. Like, literally, here's my day. I wake up every day at 4.30. I go to the gym by, you know, 5 o'clock, 5.15, and I'm home to get my son up at 7 a.m. Well, today when I woke up, I opened up my Instagram. Usually I do that on the bike, but instead I did it on the couch, which was a mistake. And there's a message in there. Hey, man, did you see this? Jason Derulo is drinking a C4. No way. And I go on there, and it's Jason Derulo, and he goes to a place called The Gym in Dubai, which is like the world's yeah. only five-star gym. And it's like, place is ridiculous. You know, I've been to Dubai five times. I didn't even know about this place. So I messaged my friend Dubai. I'm like, yo, how have you never told me? But literally, he walks in, and we didn't pay for any of this. But Jason Derulo is filming a workout, and he walks in. They greet him, and they go, would you like a pre-workout before you start your exercise, sir? And he's like, yeah. And of course, what they, they give him? They give him a C4 carbonated. No, and he, like. he purposely, you can tell, he purposely turned it around so you couldn't see the bright yellow C4. But yeah, like anybody watching it clearly knows it's C4. It's like, so I messaged our, you know, our partner in Dubai. I'm like, hey, how come you've never brought me to this gym? This is crazy. And all of a sudden it's like 515. I'm like, man, I got to go to the gym. Why did I start this here? Uh, you know, if you want to see, see that story, it's on my Instagram today. My Instagram is ask, A-S-K-H-A-G-E-N. I'd love it if you uh, followed me and follow my journey it's pretty fun but yeah you know that's the kind of stuff i wake up to and i'm just like that's so crazy <laughs> came home from the gym my mom my mom happens to be staying with us this weekend and uh, she's like what'd you do i'm like oh mom check this out this guy's like a famous singer and he's like drinking c4 my mom's like whoa that's so cool you know like oh, what a great way to start the day like i get a killer workout and and wake up to somebody sending me a video of Jason Derulo drinking C4. <laughs> and that's the, that's the other thing. Like that's something like money can't buy and it's just because the product's so strong, word of mouth so strong. Like I've seen similar things with Kevin Hart, I know for sure, um, walking along and he's talking into his Instagram, sipping on C4 and it's just like if you can reach to that level, like it's just the word of mouth just goes and goes and goes and these days it's through Instagram. So it's just going out to millions instead of hundreds. 
Yeah, and we're, and we're not paying for those. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so there's other brands that have done very well going out and hiring thousands of influencers, but like Kevin Hart, he really just drinks C4. He calls it his go-go juice. Yeah. He drinks it. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy. And the list goes on. There, yeah, there was a video so of um, on my on my Instagram of you know famous football players like they're interviewing them and the C4 is in the locker behind them. Oh, so like so good. it just happens to be there. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. So, so I've got a few finisher questions as well. Um, I put these through my Instagram as well, and this was a common trend on definitely what come up comes up, and I get it at expos, and it's probably other than how do you get abs, my second most asked question is how do you work or get sponsored or become an athlete with a fitness brand? What's like a quick overrun of top tips for say anyone's listening, interested in a brands and they want to go down that path. Um, what would your best advice be for that? My best advice would be build your brand first. Yeah. Know what your brand is, know what you represent and also what you can bring to the table. Yeah. That's the, um, everyone misses that one. <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants free yeah, supplements yeah and i mean i mean i've been doing this for 25 years and i used to want to be a sponsored athlete you know we all do i'd be like i go to shows and be like i want to be an athlete you know i run all these gnc's most successful in the country like you have to know who you are you have to have an established brand and the other really really important thing for your listeners to know is it used to be about how many titles you have now mm. it's about how many followers you have. yeah so there's so definitely what, been what a shift and like people wanted to get their pro card and they thought if they got their pro card that would they could monetize their their passion which was fitness but now it's really how many people can you influence that is more important than the degree on your wall or the metal around your neck um, mm. obviously it adds validity to you if you have some of those things but you really have to know who you are and i encourage all of your listeners Create a sports resume. Create a sports resume that says, this is who I am. It's kind of like a comp card if you're a model, right? But yeah. this is who I am. These are the events that I participated in. These are the awards that I have won. This is who I am. So you have to kind of come to the table. And over the years, I've probably told you know, 10,000 plus people, you know, bring me your sports resume. And they're like, huh? Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't even have a piece of paper that talks about that. So it's more than just flexing. You, you got to kind of look at it as a, a job and, and that your brand can bring to the table. You know, like I work great in C4, but I might not work in a really young guy's brand because I'm 44 now. You know, yeah. it's, it's different. I can't bring that youth they may be looking for to that particular brand. I can't go be a big meathead, um, you know, I can't be in a meathead. I like 5% nutrition, right? doesn't yeah. align with my brand. I love Rich Viana. He's yeah. a cool guy, but, you know. I, yeah, it's, it's, you got to suit yourself. You got to choose your brand wisely, and they should also choose you wisely. Yeah. In saying that, I do have a client in America. Um, it doesn't have a hell of a lot of followers, but he's been um, work, like working within C4 as well, um, providing, uh, like, because he's lost quite a lot of weight, and I know he's... He's been featured on SoCall.com and things in America, and they've definitely looked after him. So it's just also like getting to know the brand, 
um, and getting clo close to it and kind of working as one with it as well, not just cold calling, showing up and just sending a uh, straight out sponsor me video or something like that. Yeah. I would just say also choose your brand, you know, choose your brand wisely. wisely. Make yeah. sure they align with your values and who you are as a brand. And like I've always said, like when I first with Cellucor, I didn't have a crazy following, um, but I think I was one of the first Australian ambassadors, and I like dead dead sent it when they were looking for people, so that was a help. But my whole tagline was like, "If you're looking for a meathead bodybuilder, I'm probably not your dude," and that was my like first line in the whole thing. And then I'm like, "If not, da da da," and that was kind of like that that whole caption. Um, yep. So. This is the last one. Like, so what I do is I usually ask like athletes and things like that what kind of creates if you were to put everything into a bottle, um, what 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 really creates like that champion mindset, which is a little going to be a little bit different for you. So I've kind of created this question because now you're a dad, you've got little Hagen. Um, what would be your like most like maybe top three most important tips? you'd want him to pass on and take into his own journey if he goes down the entrepreneur side um, or something like that that you've learnt through GNC, through running tanning salons, from what you've learnt from Cellucor, what would be like maybe, you, yeah, your top three things that possibly you'd learn that you'd pass on to him for him to run? Man, that's a good one. <laughs> well, no, number one, something I live by, you know, you can either work for your passion or you can work for your paycheck. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of parents, you know, push their goals and their dreams on their kid of becoming a sports, you know, rugby player or a baseball player or a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Where they, the kid never really gets the opportunity to find their passion. So I think it's super, super important for you to, find your kid's passion, help them find it. And then you go with it no matter what it is. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, if your passion can drive your paycheck, that's going to bring you the most happiest, uh, in life. I think, um, number two, of course, is, is, I think I would, you know, really sure, you know, encourage him. And, and my son is almost two years old. He's never had any sugar. He's never had a cookie. He eats fruits and, you know, yogurt and all the stuff, meat, hamburgers, <laughs> and all that. Um, I think the, just teaching him the importance Education. of a healthy lifestyle so he doesn't have to go through what I went through, you know, from kindergarten through sixth grade, which was being picked on and, and being bullied and, and all the things that I had to deal with because my, my parents, unfortunately, at that time didn't instill those values. I mean, I drank soda, I ate chips. Now, like, I, I can't even imagine drinking a soda. I drink, drink C4, <laughs> but not a soda. Yeah. Um, yeah, nutrition's a big one. Yeah, and I don't really know if it's something that you can teach. No, nah, you like, wait. You wait until he gets his own pocket money, and then he's going for that sugar. That was like dead my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and unless they just you know grow up not to like it, but yeah, he's he's been given a couple bites of things before we snag grandma on things. And he yeah, likes it. Sugar's definitely a drug. Um, I I think the third one is like. At the end of the day, you have to be authentic. Mm. You have to be yourself. And so many people try to be someone they're not. and They try to put out a different vibe than who they really are, whether they're in a, a personal relationship, 
or they're in a business relationship. Like, you know, like and, and people just kind of fake it. And no matter what, it always comes out. So it's just like, be yourself. Like if, if you, if I didn't love C4, I wouldn't be here. I couldn't not be authentic. I yeah. love C4. It's part of my life. It, it is my passion because health and wellness is my passion, but so many people like get up every day and they try to fake it, uh, you know, with their wife, with their kids, you know, like, Hey, I, I, I didn't have my first kid till I was 42. I didn't get married for the first time. I didn't even live with anybody till I was 40 because hmm. I wasn't passionate about it. Like it wasn't me. It wasn't authentic. So I think, you know, I'd say passion, paychecks, live a healthy lifestyle and authenticity is always has to be there. And that's pretty much where you've got to today and why everything you've kind of hit has been so successful. Thanks for being on today. You did mention your Instagram, but is that the best place for people to contact you? Yeah, it's Ask, A-S-K Hagen, H-A-G-E-N, Ask Hagen. And, you know, it's Ask Hagen at Gmail, Ask Hagen on Instagram. I don't use Twitter, hmm. too much drama on there. Um, Ask Hagen on Facebook. And if you ever have a question... Ask about Hagen. supplements, sports, anything like it is, message me. I always message people back all day and night. And it, it, I love it. I, I love interacting with people. So feel free to ask Hagen anything you want. And definitely your like wealth of fitness knowledge is insanity. So definitely reach out, have a little chat to Hagen, ask him any other questions. He's going to be your go-to man for any type of supplements, of definitely even sales or entrepreneurship or stuff like that. He's definitely the man to reach out to. What a crazy podcast. So many insights, um, even that I, I didn't know about Hagen. I've known him for five years now. So as always, hit me up, Jake Abel Official with the underscores. And any questions, any topics that you'd like to hear podcasts, We'll make them happen. Lots more episodes coming soon, so stay tuned.